0: In this episode of Our Classroom, I am joined by Tara Lynch, the Director of Middle School at Headwater School in Austin, Texas. Tara spent a decade teaching humanities at University Neighborhood High School in New York City, and a decade as a consultant for the New York University Metropolitan Center for Research on Equity and the Transformation of Schools as an instructional coach. She's also lived and worked in Cairo, Egypt, and Washington, D.C. In Austin, Tara led parent groups around dyslexia advocacy. She served as the learning specialist at Headwater School for five years, collaborating with middle and high school guys to meet the needs of the students, while also teaching middle school Spanish. She is the author of the book, Protocols in a Classroom, Tools to Help Students Read, Write, Think, and Collaborate. With us today, Tara Lynch. Well, greetings, everybody. I am here this evening with Tara Lynch, principal of Headwater School in Austin, Texas. Yes, principal, consultant, author, and just overall good person. (laughs) I got to know Tara a bit from my time in Austin, having been a colleague of hers and worked working closely on a number of different initiatives and seeing her step into the role of the principalship once I departed to Florida and leaving feeling confident that the school was in good hands and I'm happy to have Tara with me here this evening because I'm I'm eager to learn more about what she's been up to Uh, her experience as a first year principal. uh, I I think it'll be good content for, for folks to hear, not just those who are in administration, but also teachers, the, the trials and triumphs of a (laughs) principal. And just talking, talking about that, that first year, the experiences. And so Grateful to have you here. Tara Lynch is with us, folks, and we're going to have a good one. Y'all stay engaged. Tara, thank you for being here. Welcome to our classroom.
1: Roberto, it's so good to be back in the classroom with you. Um, I didn't have any snacks to share with you, which is sometimes part of our meeting protocol. It's very tiring and hungry in the day-to-day of the life of a school. But uh, when we're in the same place, we'll have to, we'll have to do that.
0: <laughs> that was one of the things that I looked forward to, Tara, whenever we got together. You were a person that I could rely on for snacks.
1: As a person who's always hungry, I'm always happy to provide snacks for others. So, <laughs> I mean, and also there's just something about sharing food. That is, I definitely appreciate. I am not the world's best cook, but I do love having a bunch of of people over for dinner and eating together. So whether it's a snack or a meal, just good, human, I appreciate that way of connecting
0: with people. Absolutely. Food and fellowship is essential. Mm -hmm. So Tara, Mm -hmm. I want to jump right in. Can you tell us a bit about who you are? I mentioned that you're the principal at Headwaters, but tell us a little bit about who you are as a person, but also as an educator.
1: Sure, sure. I think that um two pieces of who I am as an educator that I think are important is that I'm a career changer. So I didn't start in education, I started in project management. And that actually really helped me, I think, um, in terms of perspective and systems and knowing different ways to approach a problem. And then I think the other piece, well, another piece for me that was my formation as a as an educator was that I taught in New York City for 10 years in a I looped ninth and 10th grade. I often got in ninth grade again and again for some reason. And um, so those years in New York City were formative because they were my first years as teaching as a teacher. Also, because I had such a um, great leader in my principal as well. Um, and my colleagues were just amazing. So, well, I haven't even talked about the kids. I mean, these kids are now in their thirties. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty amazing time to be teaching in New York City. Uh, so th- those are two, two of the ways that I describe myself as an educator. I'm also the child and grandchild of educators. And, um, and I'm also a parent that really comes into who I am as an educator as well. I've done a fair amount of parent advocacy around dyslexia because both my kids are dyslexia and the services um, for them I found were lacking and being able to know a little bit about being in education allowed me to bring that awareness to others who are not in education and struggling. So those are some of the things, some of the ways that I describe myself as an educator in addition to middle school principal, which I do feel like is I wear as a, a badge um, and I say that because middle school unfortunately was not always a great place for a, people when I talk to them and their adults, and one of my own goals is to have middle schoolers who are happy, they can be angsty, they can be awkward, but to be um learning and growing about who they are so, so that's me
0: basically, you want to make middle school great again. <laughs>
1: You went there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I want, I want to make middle school a positive experience for kids and for their parents Absolutely. because this is also the time when one of my messages to parents is it's, this is a time for parents to step back and to let their, their children step up and make decisions that might be different than theirs, maybe make definitely make mistakes and to feel those consequences and and so part of it as parents that's okay it's actually great it's great for them to get that practice it's, that is the best way i know to 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 learn is to actually talk about it think about it try it reflect try again it didn't quite go that way so yeah i love middle school
0: right they need room to stumble and stand
1: absolutely i also like the idea of floundering like it's all flounder
0: that sounds very nemo-ish <laughs> it
1: is now your children are younger than mine so it's been about very nemo-ish yeah i i no, but thank you for find reminding find me find that that Nemo's is about a, middle school
0: finding nemo is a classic movie it's ageless
1: it is ageless and that really is what it's about right the the a child and a parent Negotiating with each other about their own fears and hopes, and uh, and giving each other freedom to express those. Yeah, okay. Well, we're done. Middle school in a nutshell. Watch Finding Nemo again That's and it. again. That's
0: <laughs> it. Interview <laughs> but, over.
1: No, but actually, the friendship piece too. You know how the how the friends support each other in their quests and their searches, and they look out for each other. I think that is another wonderful analogy to middle school for sure.
0: That's what I'm here for, Tara. <laughs> Tara, talk to me about the triumphs in your first year as principal.
1: Triumphs. Okay. So, going in, what I thought would help me, some of the things I thought would help me did help. And what those are is working with parents. Um, I had led parent groups. I am a parent. You know, I felt comfortable working with parents and the COVID, um, having COVID. And and our in our school, the parents had to show like an app to show that their children were able to come in. And while that was a bit of a hassle in some ways, I actually really love that morning time with the parents in the car. Uh at at my school, there are a lot of dogs that come in the car to drop off the kids. So saying hello to the dogs of Headwaters. Um, I really those those little daily routines created a relationship with the parents that I, tr- I really treasured. And then when more difficult conversations came up, we had that. So I think that that, that, that parent piece felt like a triumph for me um, in terms of the first year. And, and, and then um, in terms of the students, you know, just being able to welcome them back for many of them, this was, that was the first full year in school. I mean, what a gift to be able to give to them. And they, really appreciated it Um, being, yeah, they really appreciated being together with their peers. We've got a fairly open campus on a number of houses. So that feeling, especially for the sixth graders to, to come and kind of look around like, whoa, this is school. And to see them grow from not really knowing even how to cross the street at times, (laughs) just remembering to look both ways um, to really you know, making plans to go walk up to the Whole Foods with their friends, um, you know, just seeing that growth in their confidence in being in a downtown, being in the city really felt like a big triumph to me. And then I think, um, um, I do love a a group of teachers. We had a fair amount of turnover last year. So having the new teachers, um, become integrated you know Help, you know it's a process to say goodbye to people you've worked with before but that felt like a triumph as well but really I think my favorite piece were about our community meetings so you remember um, we used to get together in our studio eighth graders get to sit on chairs (laughs) they get the esteemed role of being the oldest in middle school everyone else sits on the floor but in COVID you couldn't get 95 kids in that one little room so we ended up setting up on Wednesdays for a half an hour underneath the studio in a parking lot. So, usually teachers remember not to park there. Sometimes they have to work around a car, like figure out who's this, can you please move your car? But the way, the reason I say this is triumph, even though early in the year it was kind of like, ah, pulling my hair out in terms of managing a group that size, is that by mid year, really, but highlight for me is towards the end of the year, we had uh, our second performance. Pizzo's is the name of the community meeting. So, for performance pizzo, to see how wrapped 100, almost 100 students were in watching their peers perform music, dance. One, one group of eighth graders had created their own dance and they had costumes donated from a parent who was in theater. And, and, and I looked around and just saw um, just the incredible attention 100 kids were giving to their peers in a parking lot <laughs> sitting on tarps holding up the screen and in some cases the PA system they got that figured out i mean i that to me was the pinnacle because i guess because it's so not concrete i mean this is not a room we are not in a room we are in a parking lot but you wouldn't know it's a parking lot because for now in this space we are a community who knows the routines for getting it set up, for getting it put away. And we are just in the moment appreciating each other. So that was that, uh, that, that encapsulated so much of the struggle in terms of pizza, kids getting used to being on campus, flexible thinking, um, appreci- showing appreciation, taking a risk. I think that that, that community meeting really is my favorite part. When I think about last year, that was the biggest triumph that I feel proud about and at the same time, I'm happy that this year we will be moving back into the studio. <laughs> yeah. But to know we can do it feels really good. Yeah,
0: absolutely. I mean, all types of challenges, right? All mm-hmm. all our schools face so many challenges during this COVID era that forced us to make all types of adjustments. Mm-hmm. Some in very uncomfortable situations, um, some that inspired new ideas, new ways, mm-hmm. um, all types of innovation. And so it's awesome to hear the, that some of those early tensions and early problems, I guess you would say, or challenges mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, resulted in a fruitful end to the school year. and. Yeah, community. Fruitful
1: and beautiful and yeah community greater community and just seeing that comfort that yeah it, it, it's like a, it, it's like a combination of being known knowing what to do that's what i mean by comfort you know um knowing the people around you knowing you're safe all that just was felt really really great and also it was all student run i mean i didn't have i mean of course, I'm always keeping my eye out who's doing well, what's going on, can we see everyone? Can everyone make eye contact? Um, but the students ran it. Uh, that's really they got that equipment set up, they m- did the mindfulness. Uh we started with a mu we always started with a song, which is a leftover from you. Um, and only once did they say, Tara, the song you recommended, I can't find a clean
0: version. Uh, it was just a local it was
1: just a local Austin artist. So I was like, Okay, fine we won't be hearing oh, her today
0: great. that's great but again
1: they brought it up they're like sorry tara we can't find a clean version on youtube to play i'm like okay plan b <laughs> that's so awesome. yeah
0: that
1: student student run beautiful yeah. wonderful gawky student leaders
0: you know yeah. one, of, one of the pillars of tech teaching is being student driven oh, and yes. I, I know that uh, part of Lorena's work and part of texture teaching mm-hmm. was was definitely influenced by some of her experience at headwaters. Mm-hmm. So love to hear the fact that things are still being student driven and that kids have the space to step into their leadership potential. Now you within what you just shared as it relates to triumph, there was mm-hmm. a strand of trial that I yes. heard. And, and I don't think we could talk, talk about the triumph without talking about the trial. So I, I'd love to hear you elaborate a bit more about the trials that you faced as a first year principal.
1: Mm-hmm. Sure. And, and I, I'm not going to belabor the pandemic changes part of the trials, um, that we could do a whole episode on that. I, I, to me, when I'm thinking back on the year, that certainly absolutely was the thread, but I, um, when I think about that student voice piece, one of the trials for me and for us as a school is, was both with the students and the parents and the guides, that understanding of our community agreements, which are very aspirational and beautiful and wonderful. And the handbook, which is some, uh, is not exactly aspirational. It's a little more nuts and bolts, but parts of it are easy you have to wear shoes to school. You can't bring a weapon, even a fake one. You know, like some of those are easy. Others are more nuanced. And um, one of the challenges last year was for me to figure out, oh, there are all these different layers. What is, how do I work with the students and the guys and the parents to set boundaries when the boundary isn't always known? Um, And you know, that came up in many ways. I, I think that the communication, and socializing outside of school on uh, devices, whether it's a phone or discord on the computer, that would that was a trial because it's not school property. It's not happening in school, but of course it has an impact on. Well, maybe not, of course, but it did have an impact in school. And so that was a, tra- a trial, too stepping through the parents don't always know what's going on the kids aren't always forthright or maybe they'll tell someone and then a rumor starts and by the time it gets to me it's like well what really happened (laughs) you smile a little bit there was I know that happened too and so that piece like the piecing through I don't want to say consequences but sometimes people like well there's got to be consequences for this or no more it was like what's the I think, I think piecing through the fact that there isn't always a net P if P implies Q because it depends. Who was it? When did it happen? What happened before? What's the relationship with these kids? Um, I, I definitely sense frustration. And so that was a, that was a trial to, to pull through that. And, and also, you know, the idea of, um, being student led is wonderful. And I just keep seeing it in the framework of restorative justice. You know, our, we, we, as a school, we start with mindfulness, we do check-ins, but we don't call it restorative justice. And in some ways that made it harder in these disciplinary situations or when someone um, made a decision that had, that caused harm um, to set the expectation in just a year that you may not know what the consequences were, because it might not be your business. <laughs> um, or you may not be happy with, you may not be happy with what the consequences are. Um, or you may want you being again, a student, a parent at times, a guide, or you may want something different, but, or you may want something punitive. And that's not really where I'm going to go. So that, that, that piece is going to be ongoing. I know for sure. Um, but I feel like we made progress there and that was one of the trial areas and that will be ongoing. I mean, again, we've got kids six, seven, and eight coming through. There's always a new crop to learn about practice, make these mistakes, understand, co-create some consequences or some repair. Um, So that will be an ongoing piece that takes more fine tuning, tuning. So that is one. And then also just, I think for me, what took me a little bit by surprise was how much the stuff of life impacted. I mean, being in the classroom and working with families, I know that everyone has a lot going on. But I think what was a, tr- uh, a challenge for me was, and uh, I'm still working on it, but is how do I hold that information, knowing sadness, pain, struggle um, of the people in the community how can I hold that information, hold the space for them and not get pulled down by it and also maintain some of the administrative pieces like you got to take PTO, got to get a sub, you know, that was tension um, that I would put in the I mean, trial might be a little dramatic, but that definitely was a challenge last year.
0: Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable. And, and transparent. I think it's important for folks to hear. Sometimes individuals don't know some of the stuff that we navigate as principles.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's important to have that insight. What, what do you anticipate to be different in year two, positive or negative? What do you anticipate will be different?
1: Well, um, let's see. Um course having have had an experience of a year under my belt allows me to feel more prepared for the year in terms of what may come um, of course the school is a living organism and you never know what's gonna come That's right. <laughs> but i do think that i'll be able to build on um on the work that i did last year pretty much across the board so whether it's just Be more clear from the get go about um, the way we respond to student behaviors that aren't fitting with our community agreements or the way I respond to, hey, Tara, I can't come in for such and such um, because of such and such. Um, I think that that I just feel like that will I guess it'll be different. There'll be the similar thread, but it'll be different because it won't be so brand new and I can build I can build on the basis rather than starting from scratch. Um, Also what's going to be different this year is I um, have some partners that I'm working with some nonprofits, and I'm really, really excited to be working with that's going to help. um, That's going to help take the ideas, many of the ideas that I have, and I I think they're going to help me bring it, uh, bring things to the school a little more quickly um, on the staff level for example I'm excited to be working with a, an organization that's going to help with facilitative leadership so this very uh, decentralized approach um, of teaching and learning and then um, there's another partnership with a local Austin organization that's helping us build um, a seventh and eighth grade team for lack of a, of a better word but basically they're going to help train students in um, consent and boundaries. And then those students will be training their peers in consent and boundaries. And and it's very intentional with seventh and eighth graders. When the eighth graders move on, the seventh graders move up, a new crew goes. So uh, as you know, the peers are, hearing from a peer goes a lot further to uh, to a middle schooler than hearing from us adults. So that's got me really excited too. So I think that'll be different this year. Um, of course, we'll have a new group, a new crop of sixth graders. Uh, we got bigger classes all in all three, all three grades. So that's super exciting, but it's going to be, you know, having, I don't know who those little personalities are yet, and they're going to make their impact. So that's going to be different this year too. And I'm really looking forward to them coming in. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. So what surprised you most this past year?
1: So the surprises from last year, I want to say how tiring it was, but I had an inkling of that. Um, I think maybe the surprise just builds on that trial piece. Just just learning, oh, the, you know, the, the things that are outside, the impact of the Uh, events outside of school, how much they make a a difference in my job and in the teachers and the students lives, whether that's, of course, it's the stuff in the family, but that's also city level, um, laws, state level laws. Um, as you knew, as you know, I grew up in Buffalo. So when the shooting happened in Buffalo, you know, world events impact the day to day of, of this, 100 person middle school in downtown Austin. So that I think the level, the degree to which that makes an impact, that was a surprise for me. I mean, of course, there are humans living in the world. They're going to be impacted. But that was that took more um, that had more of an impact than I thought. That was definitely a surprise.
0: Yeah. Right. And and those are factors that we can't control. We don't know when it's going to happen. We don't know how people Mm -hmm. are going to respond to. And obviously there's there's always something going on in our world, right? So
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So,
0: so many so so many factors that ultimately impact the experience of leading a school, right? And and doing community.
1: Absolutely. And I think one of the pieces that um that I think through is, you know, just I am, I have my own reactions to those. And then I have, you know, I keep that in mind. But I also need. it's really about the students and what their impact is. And sometimes, usually they'll tell me or tell their advisors, but kind of how do I, what are the ways that I can have that ongoing dialogue with the students so that I know what's on their mind, Um I love it when people bring things up. That makes my job so much easier. Like this is important to you. Let's, you know, let's come up with a plan and what's the best way we can deal with it. But I also know working with groups that people don't always bring things up. And so that's right. that's part of the job too. What isn't coming up to me that might be coming up in classrooms or in advisories, and how can we raise that um to the larger group if that's having an impact on the students?
0: Absolutely. What do you doing as a school leader to sustain an anti-bias and anti-racist culture at your school?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I do th- I do think of our student community meetings as part of the A-Bar work because they're student-led. The topics and issues come from the students. I think that um, a, that more decentralized structure allows topics and issues to come up that I as a white female educator may not have on my on on the top of my board um so that's that's definitely part of it um as i said just moving into thinking through restorative practices and working with the community to think through you know harm and repair um is this punitive or restorative like why you know it, having that conversation with each other about what our experiences were how those impact um, what we do and really keeping the kids in mind. Um, because we're in, um, because we are in downtown Austin, I had, um, students do some bystander training since they are out on the street, um, with classes and after school. So, um, uh, that training, um, there the are various iterations of it. Um, some can be just general bystander uh you know if something happens to anyone around you and then some of them are more focused in terms of if there's racial uh, profiling or anti-semitic um comments or misogynistic misogynistic comments so that um that's something that i did last year and will continue this year and then i i do love um our civil rights day um that is a, so it's a, it's a, it's a ritual that has been going on for years and years at the school. What I love about it is the students choose the topic um based on what's important to them. And then we get to bring community members and nonprofits and it's just a really wonderful day out, you know, separate from regular classes where students can make connections. A lot of students lead the sessions themselves. So that feels important in turn, in terms of, Um, anti-bias and anti-racist training because the topics being about social justice, uh, directly speak to those. I mean, last year it was, um, it was civil rights in Texas because there's been so much, um, so many laws being passed here in Texas. Um, the year before it was Black Lives Matter. So it's very topical what the kids are interested in. So that's a really great way to. To raise awareness and allow students to learn and to speak
0: what well, what's the message of encouragement that you would like to offer our listeners?
1: Well, let's see a message of encouragement. Um I don't have like that quotable ring kind of phrase, but I have been appreciating and I'm encouraging others to take a pause in between tasks or classes or meetings to just like take a beat, sort of a self check-in, um, practice a little breathing, a little centering, get grounded. So I would encourage, encourage that. I've just been thinking a lot about how fast life goes and, um, Finding that, you know, having those those times throughout the day just to pause and be in the present um, as much as I can be without thinking of the next or the last thing has been really helpful. And just, yeah, sort of the simple, just relishing the simple, the day to day, maybe even just the chores of life or the day to day routines of life, just taking that moment to pause, reflect before moving on so i'd encourage others to try that see if it works for them too um and 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 i guess i would also encourage folks to um i'm thinking of you know that work like life balance um just to talk to their supervisors about it and um I really would encourage people to keep their hobbies going, keep the, you know, to to take time away from work as well. Yeah. I I think especially in education, you can always do more. People love to help. People love to problem solve. That's part of the job. And again, like taking that break to do other things, um, that self-care, I guess I would I would recommend.
0: Pause and reflect, people, and take time, (laughs) take time away. Well, Mm -hmm. Tara, where can folks follow you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter at Tara Teacher. You can go to my website, taralynch.com. And um, those are the two places. My Instagram is private. That's a change that I've made over the years in education. Um, And Facebook is for my old friends from growing up in Buffalo. So, yeah, Twitter and my website please find me. Oh, you can find me on Amazon or maybe your local bookstore. You can purchase protocols in the classroom.
0: I was just going to tell you, make Mm -hmm, sure mm -hmm. you you tell us the name of the book, plug in the book. All right, folks. Protocols in classroom. Make sure you go out there support Tara Lynch. Wonderful work that she's doing. Again, she is the principal middle school principal middle school director at headwater school in austin texas and it's been a pleasure to have you in our classroom to learn about your experiences the trials triumphs surprises (laughs) that you went through in the first year and also what you are anticipating going into year two wish you the best in this school year Give my love to the Headwaters community and I look forward to hearing some reports throughout the course of the year.
1: Thank you so much, Roberto. Great to be in your classroom. I think the bell's ringing.
0: As always, your engagement in our classroom is greatly appreciated. Be sure to subscribe, rate the show, and write a review. Finally, for resources to help you understand the intersection of race, bias, education, and society, Go to MulticulturalClassroom.com Peace and love from your host, Roberto Germán.